Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. And on this week's episode of the podcast, I'd like to discuss the nine things that I've learned as a property investor in the last nine years. Now, actually, I've been a property investor for almost 20 years, but it was only when I came to Progressive Property nine years ago that I really learned how to become a proper professional property investor. So I thought I'd talk through the top tips that I've learned over these last nine years where I've been doing it correctly. Now in this episode, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but I'm just gonna reveal the truth. What I've learned, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything about what it is to be a full-time property investor, or even what it is to be a part-time property investor, as that's what I was in my initial couple of years having started learning property correctly. So let's get straight into it. Number one is, I'm not a landlord. I'm a property investor. A lot of people, when they start off buying buy-to-let properties, getting involved in property investing, they think they're a landlord. They see themselves as a landlord. There's a very big difference between a landlord and a property investor. A landlord pretty much owns a job, while a property investor runs a business. When I started off, I was a landlord so i was dealing with my own tenants i was dealing with all the issues i was doing all my own viewings i was refurbishing my own houses managing the refurbs of my houses and i thought that this was being smart i thought i was being penny wise so i was saving the money i was reducing the cost of my refurbs i was keeping my overheads low and yes you have to do this for a little bit of time so at the start of your journey you gotta work hard enough to not have to work hard but you must have that plan in place to move over from that landlord position into the investor position. If you look at the uh, Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrant, he talks about the left side of the quadrant being the employed and self-employed, and the right side of the quadrant being the business owners and the investors. Well, as a landlord, you're on the left side of the quadrant. You basically own a job, you're self-employed. While as an investor, you've got other people working for you, you've got better systems, you've got better procedures, and you can focus on growing your business and investing into your business and getting other people to invest into your business so that you don't have to be focused on the day-to-day running of the property portfolio itself. The quicker you can become the investor, the quicker you'll start to scale your business. I didn't understand this in the first two to three years of my property investing journey, and, and I was very much the landlord, and it really slowed me down. Now, where I thought that I was saving money by doing my own refurbs and saving money by doing my own viewings and dealing with my own tenant issues, in reality, it was costing me tens of thousands of pounds, if not hundreds of thousands of pounds. And here's why. Because all the time I was ripping out my own properties and managing my own refurb and painting my own properties and moving my own tenants in, what I wasn't doing was networking, meeting people, raising money, finding other deals. Refurbs were taking longer than they should have taken. Uh, the, The quality of the finish was worse than it would have been if I hired professionals. Everything that I thought was saving me money was in fact costing me money. I just didn't see it because I didn't know what it was like to be a real investor. 
If you look at the great minds of property investing, people like the co-founder of Progressive, Mark Homer, people like Grant Cardone, Robert Kiyosaki, love him or hate him, Donald Trump, these people are very much property investors. But there's a clear line between a landlord and a property investor. You don't see Mark Homer or Grant Cardone moving their own tenants in. You don't see them dealing with maintenance issues or, or painting a property. They're focused on scaling their businesses, growing their businesses. So the big difference between that type of investor and Bob down the street who's doing his one-man band refurb and he's got one property or maybe two properties in his lifetime. If you want to scale a proper property business, if you want to get past this place of being stuck on one refurb at a time, then you need to think differently. And that was one of the key changes in my mindset between 2013 and 2016 that moved me from making a little bit of money in property and hoping to give up my job, trying to give up my job, but not really being comfortable enough to be able to do so to where I am today, which is having a big property portfolio, having a team of people working for me, good systems, my own lettings business managing the portfolio, freeing up my time, meaning we can now do a deal every single month. In fact, this year in 2022, we've averaged more than one deal per month throughout the whole year. We bought one portfolio of 23 properties just in one go. Plus, there's 11 ground rents as part of that portfolio. So you could say 34 deals in one portfolio. Plus, we're continuing to buy at least one single let per month this is something I didn't have the mindset to do back in 2013. Today, no matter how many deals we're doing, we know there's still people out there doing more deals than us. So I'm only at the beginning of my journey, the beginning of my scaling, because I know that my thinking can get to even higher levels. Where is your thinking at? Where is your mindset at? What type of person are you at the moment in your property business? Do you look at yourself in the mirror and realize you are that landlord or are you beginning to move into that investor space? And then what type of investor are you? Are you an investor that does a couple of deals a year, a few deals a year, or are you somebody who's got that plan in place to really start to scale this and make it a proper business? Number two lesson is I not only learned how to raise money, but I realized that it was fundamentally the one of the most important things you need to do if you want to scale a property business. Many people looking to get into property and grow property businesses are focused internally. They're looking at what money they have got, what money they have saved, what money they have the ability to save, or what money they might have tied up in equity in their home. And they're thinking about, buying a property with their own money. What they don't think about is what are they going to do once they've bought that property with their money? What are they going to do to buy the next property, the fifth property, the tenth property? If you want to scale that big proper property business, you have got to look externally, not internally. It's about the money in the world. The money is available everywhere. And if you speak to anyone who's got three, four, five properties, they'll probably say to you they did it on their own with their own savings. You speak to anybody who's done 10, 15, 20, 30 plus properties and to a person they'll tell you it would have been impossible to do that had they not raised money, had they not used other people's money, private finance, joint venture finance. So Lesson number two for me is really fundamental. You need to be raising money. You need to be out there letting people know what you do. 
and learning how to raise the money. A lot of people, they find a deal and then they go begging for the money for the deal. That's not how you raise money. Raising money should automatically happen. People will come to you offering you money if they see that you're active, they see that you're serious about property, they see that you're real about property. So not on social media posting a photograph outside a property that you don't own yet, bigging it all up, trying to say you're a big property investor, but keep it real. Tell the stories of the good, the bad, the challenges. Share your day-to-day -day activity. People want to work with people who are consistent, people who are able to face challenges, who don't quit at every problem, but keep pushing forward because they look at, at you and they go, do you know what, that's the type of person I would want to have my money with because I know my money is going to be safe, I know my money is going to be um, worked hard to give me the best possible return on, and I know if any problems happen during a project, because they will, then the person with my money is going to not quit on me, they're not going to quit on themselves, but they're going to push through and make sure that those problems are dealt with. So there is people watching you all the time. You're in the shop window, they are watching you, trying to decide who they're going to give their money to. Here's the reality, whether they give their money to you or not, they are giving it to somebody. These people are going to lend their money anyway. The question is, do you want them to lend it to you? You want to build that big property business, you need to be raising money. I've raised millions of pounds over the last few years to build my property portfolio. I've got lots of different joint venture partners and it has all happened with a decision. A decision to tell people what I do and a decision to go out there and realize that the money is not the most important thing. Do not pedestalize the money. The most important thing is your knowledge, your action, your time. So lesson number three is property is a people business. I missed this for so, so long. I used to think that you could learn how to do property by reading a book, or you could learn how to do property by watching a YouTube video. And I see this from so many people. And nobody ever says to them in social media, oh, well, if you've learned everything from a book or learned everything. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. from YouTube how many deals have you got done because you might learn how to find a deal or you might learn how to refurbish a project you might learn you know what type of damp proofing to do on a video on social media but Property is about collaboration. Property is about your network. You've probably heard that saying, your network equals your net worth. I never really understood that in my first period of time in property. And it's only when I realized that the most important part of my property business is not 
the, the money. It's not my knowledge. It's not even my time. It is the people that I surround myself with. If you surround yourself with people who think at a higher level, they will drag you to their level. If you surround yourself with people who think at a higher level, they will drag you to a higher level. If you surround yourself with people who are day to day complaining and moaning and waiting for the government to fix their problems and waiting for the world to change to solve their problems, then you will struggle to build property businesses. Wealthy people realize that they are in control of their own financial future and that they need to surround themselves with other like-minded wealthy people. Poor people think that the world happens to them. Which one are you? Because the reality is the world does not happen to you. You make your world happen. So when we talk about people in property and being a people business, number one, it's about the type of people you surround yourself with for your mindset, the type of people you surround yourself with for the funding, but it's also the other side of the business, the people that you're getting these property deals off. Are you networking and speaking to local letting agents, local builders, local handymen, local people on the ground who can become your property sourcers, who can tell you about potential property deals? And then your tenants. Property is a people business. Your tenant is not a tenant. They are your customer. You, they, the properties they take off you, it is your property, it is their home. Are you providing them good quality homes to live in? And you've your vendors that you buy the properties off. So I used to think you'd walk into a house, have a look around, go, I don't like the carpet, I don't like the painting, I don't like this, I don't like that, and make a silly, stupid, num numerical offer. What I've realized in growing my property business is that one of the most important things, if not the most important thing in a property negotiation when purchasing a house is the seller and the seller's situation. I'll give you an example. So if you go over to the Progressive Property YouTube channel, I do loads of videos on YouTube around different property deals I do. But one video I did a couple of months ago was about a lady that I met just before Christmas and she was looking to sell a house. We were refurbishing a house and she lived in the house next door. And she was chatting to one of our builders one day, got in touch with Anna in my office and explained that she was also interested in selling her house. So we arranged a meeting with her and what she really needed was to have some money to get through Christmas, just a thousand pounds to be able to pay for Christmas. Now she couldn't sell her property quick enough, go through the whole legal process to do that. I literally agreed to give her 85 grand for her property. So we'd agree to buy it, but we'd buy it in January. Now what I did was I gave her a thousand pounds to get her through Christmas. Yes, I risked a thousand pounds. Yes, I could have lost that thousand pounds, but that property deal needed about 20 grand all in on top of the purchase price for the stamp duty, the refurb, everything. So around 105 grand spend and it will revalue at around 140 grand. So that property will pay us a huge amount of money. Now I took a calculated risk on giving that lady a thousand pound, but here's the thing. If you help somebody out, they are going to follow through on that deal for you. You know by looking at the person, get a good feeling about the person. We helped her out so she was willing to work with us to do that property deal at a discount post Christmas because we helped her to get over Christmas. Head over to the YouTube channel and have a look at that video. You can see the property. You can, I'll talk in a bit more detail on that video about the lady and the situation, but Progressive Property YouTube channel if you want to know more about that. But up, let 
lesson number three is property is a people business. So the video on YouTube is called this below market value investment property made 25k profit. If you search for that on YouTube, you will find the video. So number four, the right house will always find tenants. Don't worry about the location. There is a housing shortage. If you, when I talk about the right house, I mean a house that is done up, it's clean, it's tidy, it's damp proofed, it's um, ready to let with nice carpets, nice painting, just a nice property, you will tenant it. I meet so many people, either at home, my mum, love my mum, but when I started in property, she said to me, what if you'll never find tenants? And I thought to myself, well, yeah, people have lived in houses for hundreds of years, and just because your son has decided to become a property investor, we're all gonna go live on trees. No, everybody will continue to live in houses. So. If you find a house, you do it up to the right standards, you provide nice, clean, safe accommodation, you will rent that property out. It will rent for you. Don't worry about will I be able to find tenants. If you'd provide a damp, dirty, dingy house with, with poor insulation and there's mites and rodents and everything else in it, then of course you should be worried about trying to find tenants. But even some of those houses still rent. When I do viewings looking to purchase properties, some of the homes I walk around, some of the properties that are either lived in by family owners or tenants, they're almost uninhabitable but are habited. It's, there's some very poor standard accommodation in this country. If you provide good quality accommodation, the right house, and I mean not the right area, the right house, done up in the right way, so just clean and tidy, you will let that property. There will be inundated demand for that property. So finding tenants is never the problem. The right location is not the problem. People live everywhere. Doesn't matter where you are in the country, the largest city or the smallest town, the reason it's called a small town is because people live there. If nobody lived there, it would be called a field. No matter where you are in the country, you will let your properties out. There's always gonna be people looking to rent. Then we move on though to good and bad people everywhere. So will you find tenants for your property? Yes. How do you make sure they're going, sure they're going to be good tenants? Well, I've learned in the last nine years of being a professional property investor that every good tenant has the potential to turn bad. You could credit check somebody, reference them, they could be working, good tenant, never had an issue with a previous landlord, and their life circumstance can change. They could end up losing their job, they could end up getting um, you know, into a relationship that's not good for them, whatever it may be, and turn into a bad tenant, a non-paying tenant, an aggressive tenant. These things can happen, but it doesn't matter about buying in the best area or buying in the worst area. There is good people in lower demographic areas and there is bad people in lower demographic areas. But you know, there's good people in higher demographic areas and bad people in higher demographic areas. The area is irrelevant. Good and bad people live everywhere and any good tenant could turn into a bad tenant. Quite often, yes, we've moved tenants into properties and they've been a bad tenant from day one. But most of the time when we've had a bad tenant, they were somebody who was once a good tenant and it just happens that their life circumstance changed. Do not be put off property investing by the worry of how do I make sure I find tenants? You will always find tenants. But more importantly, 
Do not be put off property investing by the worry of getting the wrong tenant. There is systems in place, there's checks in place to protect you, but the key here is do not be the property investor with just one house. Look to scale a property, proper, proper property business. If you are the landlord that we discussed in point number one and you've got one house, then you've got more risk of a bad tenant than if you are the property investor building a business. Because once you get to five, 10, 15 tenants, you protect yourself from the bad ones. One tenant that doesn't pay you, you're covering the cost of that out of earned income in a job. 15 tenants, if one of them doesn't pay you, the other 14 tenants are covering the cost. Number five, you can't plan your week in detail. There will always be issues that will arise during the week. So a lot of people say fail to plan and you plan to fail. And absolutely you need high level plans. You need to work towards specific goals every single month and specific daily action plans. But you must leave spare time in your diary to fit in the unforeseen. The stuff that just happens on a week by week basis that you didn't expect to happen. And when things start to go wrong, there's that old saying that things come in threes. It's very unlikely that when a boiler breaks that only one will break at once. Sometimes it's two or three at the same time. So you will go on a roller coaster in your property investment journey. Some weeks you're gonna feel on top of the world, everything is going great. Other weeks, you're gonna feel like the world's crashing in around you and you just wanna quit and give up and go home and go do something else. It's all part of the journey. Build a strong mindset and you'll build a strong business. Property investing, when you're working for yourself, if you are an entrepreneur and you wanna work for yourself, then working for yourself and building your own business brings the problems to your business and the solutions to your business. Do not focus on the problem, focus on the solution. But make sure you've got the time in your diary and the space in your mind to deal with these problems when they occur. If you set out with the understanding that these problems will happen, if you set out with the understanding that there's going to be challenges along the way and things are going to pop up from day to day, then you are already in the right mind frame to deal with them when they do occur. So link to number five, moving into number six, is actually there's only really two problems with property investing. And I say that's houses and tenants. Property would be a great business if you didn't involve houses and it didn't involve tenants. But in a serious note, you need houses to do property. You need tenants to do property. They're not tenants, they're your customers. They're moving into their homes. But real problems in property is the things like your refurb team, getting good builders, and getting builders that are gonna show up on time. They're gonna deliver the project on time. They're gonna deliver the project within budget. So make sure that you're getting references for builders before you start. Make sure you get recommendations for builders. Go check their work on previous projects before you take them on board. Other problems you're gonna get is local council. The council is meant to be there to help you, but quite often what they do is hinder you. They will be helpful, so if my local council are listening to this, you're so, so helpful. But there will be also councils out there that are not mine that might not be as helpful. So make sure that you are aware of the challenges that the council can bring. I'll give you an example. If you're looking to convert a house into a HMO, a house in multiple occupation, then you would probably need to get a HMO license from your local council. Now, what the HMO officer won't tell you is that you'd also have to speak to planning departments potentially to see if you do or do not need planning, because some HMOs do and some don't. 
Now, if you go to planning and the issue you were planning, that planning department will probably not inform you that you need to speak to building control to get it signed off after you do the work and to check the work and to confirm you're doing it in the right way. Building control will probably not tell you you should have spoke to the HMO officer or the planning department and they'll also not mention that if it's a conservation area, you need to speak to the conservation officer because the conservation officer can overrule the planning department and building control. So... There's just a whole minefield of stuff around the council. When you're speaking to any council person, you always say to them, is there anyone else I should probably speak to? Is there anything else I need to be aware of? Um, And also speak to other property investors. If you're doing a project, if you're doing any sort of property deal, speak to somebody who's already done a deal like that and ask them what the pitfalls were that they went through, what the challenges were that they had so that you can make your journey a clearer, cleaner process for you. Number seven, long-term thinking is what you need in this business. When I started in property back in 2013, professionally with Progressive, I was focused completely on cash flow. And I remember around 2014 or 15, I met Anne Holton, who's one of the trainers here at Progressive, and Anne said to me, she's, a, she's an expert in single let buy to lets and she said she's made more money from property capital growth than she has ever made from rental income. And I kind of dismissed it at the time and I thought, well, that's crazy. I'm only focused on rental income and cash flow. You cannot determine your capital growth. Now, fast forward a few years and in 2021, I made more money from capital growth than I did from rental income. And when it happened, I went, oh my God, Anne Holton told me this would have happened seven years ago because I was focused on the now, but the long term has paid me way more than the annual income has ever paid me. My property portfolio is worth more than 10 million pounds today. In 2021, it went up in value by 10%, over 10%. 10% of 10 million pounds is 1 million quid. So my capital growth gained 1 million pounds. Now, why is this relevant at the start of your journey? I was right to not focus on it at the start. Here's why. Because I've got no control over it. There's zero control. You only have control of making money when you buy by buying value, buying below market value or adding value. So you add, you create money when you buy. And you can make money from the rental income by knowing what's coming in in rent minus what's going out in bills, your profit. You've got zero control over the long term. The long term takes care of itself. Now, why is this important to understand and why do I say long term thinking if you shouldn't focus on it? Because sometimes you might do a deal and you got to leave a little bit of money in or it's not the best project right now or it only pays you £150 a month cash flow and 150 quid a month is not a lot of money. I'm trying to get to 10 grand a month, whatever your thinking might be. But that 150 quid a month compounds and compounds and compounds and that property will go up in value over time. And yes, there might be a dip in the property market, but long term, the property market always goes up. Every 10 years, the property market doubles. And about the, over the last 10-ish years, people have been saying, well, that can't continue to happen. 
Well, that's interesting because in the last 10 years, property prices have still pretty much doubled in most parts of the country. It's still happening. And it's likely to happen even more with the printing of money. Because the more money is printed, the more money is devalued, the more house prices will start to go up, wages go up, money devalues, value of property increases all the time. So back in 2007 in the housing crash, there was a crash. The property market dropped in value. Today, they are significantly more expensive than they were then. If there is another drop, they will long-term trend upwards. You cannot time when the drop will be, you cannot time when the rise will be, but you can 100% know that long-term, whatever the dip is, whatever the rise is, the property market will always finish ahead of where it is today. Number eight, your network. It's not just what you know, it is who you know. I thought the most important thing in property was the knowledge, knowing how to do the property deals. The network, the people, is way more important. Your contacts, your connections. I know that at any problem I ever have in my property business, I can just reach into my phone and get the answer to that question. Back in the early 2000s when I was playing at property and thought I was doing property, when I was trying to be a landlord and couldn't even be a landlord, I thought I knew everything. Today I'm smart enough to know that I will never know everything. In property or in life, I will leave this planet not knowing everything. That is why you need people around you who bring the skill sets and the knowledge that you do not have. My business grows more, not because of my knowledge, but because of my people around me's knowledge. I meet people who are not successful and quite often they're trying to learn more. They're trying to find out more information. They're trying to look for the hidden information. The information that you need is in the minds of the people you surround yourself with. Your network will become your network. You, your, your network will become your net worth. You become the sum of the people you spend the most time with. If you want to make a change in your life, change your environment. And finally, number nine, boring is best. There's so many different ways to do property out there and they all work and they can all make you money and you can do big commercial conversions to high cash flowing serviced accommodation to creative techniques like rent to rents or lease options and all these different ways to do property. So many different ways. But, and I do a lot of these by the way, I do a lot of creative deals, I do a lot of different techniques, but the fundamental of every single successful property investor's portfolio, including my own, is single let buy to lets. Single let buy to lets will never die. They'll always be there, they'll always be the bread and butter because you are providing homes for the masses. There is always gonna be demand. Legislation could change on serviced accommodation or on HMOs or on commercial conversions. It could be the date ways that you get planning could be changed, anything could change. Single let, buy to let property, the let and forget strategy will always create the long-term generational wealth. You can pass it on for generations to come. Most letting agents will manage single let, buy to lets but wouldn't necessarily have the skill set to manage a serviced accommodation or a HMO or wanna take on a big block management contract on a commercial deal. But they all understand single let by to lets. You do not need to be a genius to take on a single terraced house, painted and decorated and rented out to a family. 
boring is best. And what typically happens is people do three, four, five, six of these. They get a bit bored and they go, okay, I want to try something new now. And when they try something new, then they risk everything they've already built on something that they don't fully understand yet. Continue to do what works cookie cutter let and forget if you're looking to build a property business if you're risk averse if you're looking to do it in a safe boring way then stick to the vanilla single let buy to lets and you will not go wrong the majority of my portfolio is single let buy to lets i will continue to buy them for the rest of my life and i'll make sure that my family my children understand that that is what they need to be doing as well because it will create you generational wealth I want to leave you with this thought. Boring is brilliant. No matter how far you go back through history, to the Neanderthals, to the Romans, to Henry VIII, whatever generation you look at, whatever um, Stone Age, wherever it may be, there's one thing that has never changed. People need food, water and shelter. And if you provide a business around food, water and shelter, you will always become wealthy. Property investing is the shelter. Get, they even get the water out of the property and they cook their food in the property. Everybody needs a home to live in. If you provide a business that gives everybody shelter, you will always become wealthy. Remember that saying, start investing in land and property because they're not making any more of it. The reality is the population of this planet is getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. And actually with global warming, the size of the land is shrinking all of the time. You provide property for a growing population. You own land and property. And because of the growing population, the value of that under supply and demand is always going to trend upwards. So they're the nine things that I've learned as a property investor over the last nine years. Let me know your thoughts. What did you think of them? Have you got any others that you could add in there as lessons that you've learned as a property investor? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, but head over to the Progressive Property Facebook community. So on Facebook, Progressive Property Community, click join and just tag me in on a post. Let me know what you've learned as a property investor over the last few years, what you've thought of my learnings and I'll see you on next week's episode. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. See you next time.